What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck, the podcast. I am your host, Christina Lauren. Uh, For those of you joining us for the first time, I just want to extend a big welcome. I haven't done one of these in a while where I've kind of touched base on what Fearless as Fuck covers. So if you're new to this podcast, we bring on people with empowering stories to improve your self-confidence and help you find your way out of tricky situations and also share stories of empowerment. And I like to bring on guests who have met me at some point in my life. I've stumbled upon them, competed with them, worked with them, or met on the internet, basically, that have really amazing stories to share. And I hope to provide all of my listeners some insight and some inspiration. So today I have a new friend of mine who I have met through the WBFF, Max West. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here. The studio is awesome. Yes. Shout out to Sticky Paws Studios. Um, Max and I both are professional athletes with the WBFF. And we actually just had the pleasure of meeting in person outside of a show not too long ago because uh, Max just moved to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome. How long have you been here now? I actually came for Olympia Mm -hmm. um, to work at the expo over there with my sponsor. And then we kind of just decided to not leave. Yeah, and now you're here. <laughs> and now, <laughs> well, tell everybody a little bit about your background and kind of where you came from and up to this point where you wound up in Las Vegas. Well, I am originally from Sweden. Uh, I left when I was 26 years old. I'm 37 now. Um, I just back in Sweden, I felt like I never really belonged there. I knew there was something more I wanted. I didn't really know what it was, but one day I just decided out of the blue that you know I need to leave. Um, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I got rid of my apartment, packed my bags, quit my job, <laughs> and just me and seven suitcases flew mm-hmm. to New York. <laughs> and I actually did not pay anything extra for any of the suitcases. That's amazing. <laughs> the person <laughs> on the airport had a very good day. <laughs> I'm still like shocked how, how it just happened. How that happened. <laughs> um, so I came over here. I've been here like 11 years now. I lived in New York first. Um, that wasn't really the spot I wanted to be because I love exotic hot weather. Uh, but I started there. I figured that, you know, can I make it in New York? I can probably make it anywhere. So came there, set up my, started my business as a photographer, which I was doing in Sweden as well. Um, yeah, and just kind of took it from there. And uh, I've been moving around a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> uh, and never really felt like, you know, this is where I want to be. And I don't know if this is where I want to be either. I just know that right now, this is where I want to be. Right. It's calling you at some in some way. Yes. Um, same like I don't really like dry weather, but I have to say that like I came here and this just feels completely right right now. It's great for business. And also another reason is that I'm going to compete here in August. And so I'm training here now. I also have a, a guy helping me train for my injuries. I have a lot of injuries and I really want to try to improve my lower body. So because of my knee injuries, it's difficult, but we are figuring out ways right now. Um, so my goal this year is to do worlds, WFF worlds in August. Um, so that's, I actually started prep already. Nice. I've been for a very long time. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I, I know a lot of people listening who haven't been really involved in fitness don't know what it takes to put themselves in a position to compete at a world championship level. Mm-hmm. And it involves a lot of prep even more so than than they think. And mm-hmm. I think you starting prep early, earlier than you even think that you should is always best. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I've found. And yeah. it is a like, let's say you have a 16 week prep. I feel like even the weeks leading up to that, you are preparing yourself to be inside of a prep yeah. and what goes into that. And 
that was something that, you know, when you and I talked, when we first met, I, you told me about your injuries. I had no idea you had so many injuries and ailments and things that you've dealt with. And, you know, from the outside, I just see a badass hard worker and competitor and somebody who has an insane work ethic and drive. And I would have never known what went on behind the scenes. And I find that so admirable. And that was another reason why one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you on here is to share your story about what you're working through and the tenacity that you have and ask you where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like this, here's the thing, no matter like you might listen to my story and you think, oh, oh my God, like she's going through this, but I'm sure that you are going through something too, even though maybe they're not injuries, but there's something in your life that makes it more difficult for you. And I think this goes for every single person. And I don't believe in complaining and whining. <laughs> it's like we all have struggles in our life and whatever your struggles are, you need to figure out how are you going to manage this and how are you going to be happy even though you have these struggles? Right. So I said, this is like the old lady in me that is speaking like I'm 37 <laughs> years old. If you asked me 10 years ago, it, I wouldn't have said any of these things. Um, I just, I've always been the kind of person that when somebody says I can't do something, I have to do it. So when I had injuries and they told me I will never bodybuild, I will never do this, I will never do that. I was like, hell no, I'm going to prove them wrong. Like, I don't believe in that. And that just doesn't exist to me. And if somebody says I can't, then I'm even more determined to do so. So I said, yeah, the injuries might sound crazy, but you've seen there are freaking athletes or like fitness people out there that don't have legs. Like, I don't even compare to that. So I feel like somebody else always has it worse. And one thing that I said, I've had a lot of gut issues. So I said the injuries, that's one thing. But my biggest struggle was always my gut problems. Because the thing is, if your stomach is not happy and healthy, everything about you gets bad. So when my stomach gets extra bad, the injuries also hurt worse. Mm -hmm. When I fix my stomach and it's healthy and happy, I also don't have as much pain in my injury sites. So... I, I figured out like a few years ago that I think I'm a photographer, a content creator, creator, all of this, which I love to do. And it makes people happy and all of this. But I think that my mission in life is to try to help people with gut problems. Right. All the internal stuff yeah. that has an outward effect on your physical yes. body. Because said people don't like realize the whole world is walking around like, oh, I'm a little bloated. It's normal. No, it's not fucking normal. Yeah. <laughs> like It's not supposed to be like that. So I'm just trying to share my stories and my knowledge in in this. And I say a lot of people have to like experience something really bad or difficult to really make a change. But I'm hoping that hopefully I can help a few people to not have to go through that. Right. Or like avoid it a little bit. Yeah. so It's not as bad. I think that's my favorite genre or I don't even know genres like where my favorite like demographic of influencers on social media right now are the people who have been through some kind of hardship like you said Mm -hmm. and are using that as their story to help others because it's so raw and real Mm -hmm. and I think that the world is getting sick of perfect on the internet because Mm -hmm. half of what you see on social media is so fake and so and so surface level that when you see somebody who shares their struggles it's so relatable because you realize that even the people you see online are human beings and they Mm -hmm. go through really rough things and like I told you if I hadn't like looked into your history and I just saw your photo show photo shoot photos I would never guess you know Mm -hmm. what I mean you can show up like a certain way but you also take that 
route as to share what you've gone through and now you get to help others along the way and I think that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. And not only that, but you step on stage too. So how does all of this affect your preps? The injuries and stuff you mean? Yeah. Um, so just to briefly explain, so I have, uh, I hurt my knee. I did kickboxing. This is like 12 years ago. So my, my knee bent backwards and I always said that it was a dislocation, but as far as I've learned the past few years, that's not like a term for knees. Apparently you don't say that it's dislocated. So I don't really know what happened. Um, but it's a shitty knee and the <laughs> kneecap is loose and all sorts of stuff. It's a bad knee. I, <laughs> yes, it's very bad. And then the other side's knee is overworked from trying to compensate for the bad one. So, uh, then I have four foot fractures, uh, my arm here, I broke my wrist and had a really shitty doctor. So he treated me incorrectly and I couldn't use my arm for 13 months. Uh, I just recently started posting about it on Instagram because I never even, it never even crossed my mind to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm here and I'm living and my arm works yeah. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you know? So people were like, wait, what happened to it? And then I was like, oh, maybe I should actually talk about it. Like yeah. I, it doesn't, I said, sometimes I feel like, you know, I don't want to complain, but it's not complaining though. It's just, I'm not, I don't want sympathy. I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. It's more like just bringing awareness yeah. to something that you've been through. Yeah, because you know? it's the same. I'm. This is not, I get a lot of <laughs> hate <laughs> on social media because, you know, when I prep, I get extremely shredded. Right. That's the way my body works. I don't really do cardio. I eat a lot of food. I don't, you know, crash diet. I eat high carbs all the time. I'm an ectomorph and the way my body works is just like that. So can you explain what an ectomorph is to people who have no idea what that means? Yes. So there are different body types. We have ectomorph, we have endomorph and mesomorph. So an ectomorph like myself, we're naturally very skinny people. Uh, it's easy to lose weight, very hard to lose, uh, to gain weight. And when I say hard to gain weight, yeah harder to gain fat which is mm -hmm. great but also very hard to gain muscle right which is not so great <laughs> so each body type has its struggles but this is yes. particularly what you deal with yeah so for me it's always about so, so when i'm prepping right now it doesn't mean that i am in a calorie deficiency i am not at all i'm in a surplus but prep to me just means that i am now weighing out every single meal i eat mm -hmm. i train on a certain training schedule and i try to get my eight hours of sleep every night that's prepped to me right it doesn't it's more dialed diet. it's yeah, just like it dialed in dieting or cutting because that will come later in the prep i just like to prep for a very long time because right. the body adapts even when you're a caloric surplus you're still technically leaning up right you're if you you're basically right. like setting your body up for success for your cut by yes. doing by doing this so when you do this for because i know too my first um, actually my first prep was long because of COVID and everything, but I've done a shorter prep when I, you know, look fine and everything, but I've realized that when I prep for a very long time, my actual cut is only a few weeks, right? Because my, I look, it just comes off like that. Mm -hmm. So I like to prep for a long time also to try to hold on to the muscle I have. Right. Because I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I yeah. work so hard for it and right. I don't want to lose it. Right. And that's why it's good to explain to people who aren't familiar with these things, mm -hmm. um, even not competitors who think it's just so important to just like drop your calories to get mm -hmm. to get leaner and tighter and more, you know, quote unquote toned. But in yeah. reality, drop, dropping your calories that quickly and being in a deficit for a long time isn't no. nor Well, one, it's not healthy for you. And two, it doesn't work for everybody. And it doesn't yeah. work like that. A lot of competitors or even people who are on 
perhaps even for lifestyle, there's a reason why you build up your calories to a certain point because mm-hmm. when you drop it, you will, there is the potential to lose muscle. Yeah. So there is an importance to all of this. And, mm-hmm. you know, preps are important for a reason. And there is a reason why it's so dialed in and why we do the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is really important to like know what you're doing or hire a coach and and or be with a lifestyle coach who coaches you in the right way where you are not completely starving yourself because yeah. you'd be so surprised that I think most people are surprised that they can eat more than they think they can. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I think too, so a lot of people, I said, this is the media's fault. Like the yeah. information in media, it says this and it says that, like, for example, people, a normal person think that you have to cut carbs to lose weight. Right. That's that, like the big that's misconception. Because we learn from we're born, basically. And you have to do cardio and you have to do it this way and that way and whatnot. And you have to cut water and cut salt. And I don't know all these stupid things I hear. Here's the thing. Yes. For some people, maybe they have to do some of these things, but it it's not like, oh, you do it this way and then it works. Because I know, so I eat red meat three times a day. Uh, up until I was 26 years old, I didn't like red meat. I didn't eat it. And then after, you know, getting more advanced in the fitness and everything, and I actually started trying eating red meat, I realized that, wow, I feel better. I look better. I'm stronger. And, you know, it just, I'm healthier. And I have gotten comments many times. <laughs> oh, but you're not supposed to eat that much red meat. I said, says who? And I said, you know what? That might be true for you or it might be true for that person. But for me, that's what my body needs. And I check my blood work and everything every three months. Like I am as health- healthy as can be. Right. And I'm, I'm fanatic. I have a mom who's been sick for 18 years due to medication and, you know, not proper nutrition. So I am extremely fanatic about this. Right. So it's, and it's hard to tell somebody who's done the work like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, random people on the internet are going to come at you and say certain things. And you're like, I've got paperwork to show you yeah. how healthy I am and what I'm doing for myself. But it just goes to show you that no, it's not, there's no cookie cutter plan mm-hmm. for everybody. There, there really isn't like my diet would not work for you yeah. and your diet might not work for me. It's, it's not, it doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. it's so good to keep your, your mind, um, in an expansive point of growth about all of this because mm-hmm. it isn't just one way. Yeah. You can't just hear something on the internet and believe it, especially in these days. So it's really important. And I'm glad that you educate your mm-hmm. clients about all of those things. Yeah. And I wanted to also touch on too, like the WBFF is so beautiful to me and I love all the bodies. It's so healthy. You said that you get a lot of hate on the internet for how she- Oh yeah. So I don't have breast implants. So when I get very lean- I, I'm flat, you know, and I like it that way. I've never in my entire life even thought about getting breast implants because that's not for you. I, I, it, yeah, I, I think if people, if I think women that have it, they're beautiful. And, you know, if it makes them happy, go for it. But I never even crossed my mind. And so are you saying you get hate because you no, don't? No, people think I'm a man. I don't, I don't know if they think I'm a man. But that's the comment. So a little while ago, I made a post about it. So I posted a video of myself. Uh, I'm going to say I was probably like three, four weeks out from show. Which so is shredded to the bone. Lean. And I'm actually, I have not started carb loading. So I'm extra, uh, you know, You're you flat. know what that means. Like, yeah. I'm not eating no carbs. No, I'm definitely, I'm eating, I think I was on probably like 200, 250 grams of carbs a day, while normally I would be on 400 to 450, which is still high. 250 mm-hmm. is still a lot of carbs. 
like yeah, you know for, for sure yeah so i'm still eating like a normal person when of course but my body reacts that i lose all my fat so people start writing you know that's a man that all of these things so i made a post i took the video and then i put over all the comments i got and I've i'm not kidding i had like 900 comments or something so i posted and immediately i start getting dms and it says oh max don't listen to them oh no you're so beautiful and i said that's not what was the intention i don't i do not give a fuck i do not <laughs> care and I, i'm not saying like i'm not trying i don't want anybody to feel bad for me i'm just trying to show what is what going on this. yeah and i said that's why I'm, i have this shirt that i made that says i feed off my haters but then on the back it says i love my haters and i said you have to realize if you want to be on social media if you want to grow your social media this can come with it and you need to not take it personal yeah it takes a little bit of thick skin for sure. Yeah. I actually did the same thing once because I had a TikTok video blow up. That was me with my prep body, mm -hmm. which like we're saying, it's your prep body isn't the body that we walk around with every single day. Mm -hmm. It's really not. Like we get to rent that body. It, it, stay, it like stays with us for a little while mm -hmm. and it is a more lean muscular body. And I think to the general, maybe male dominant mm -hmm. audience who is not like, a fitness friendly audience it looks masculine it looks more but it's like yeah we all think it's we, beautiful we, we know, know what comes with it because if you would i said if you would put us next to a man there's no Nothing. similarities yeah i even did a post with my friend achilles where you see me shredded and him shredded i mean there's then you clearly see that I'm not a man. Right. I just think that it's people who are not used to seeing women with muscle. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, it's a very childish way of throwing shade at yeah. something that they could possibly never achieve at the same time. I also think that a lot of people, I don't necessarily think that they actually think we're no. men. I think they're just, they're not happy with themselves. Because no, it's here's the thing, if you're happy with yourself, if you see somebody somewhere that is, whatever that is, let's say i saw an obese person that's very far away from what we are like i would i wouldn't look at that person and be like oh my god you know like that i would be like oh you know what <laughs> i'd like to help that person yeah like i would never think anything bad and i have never in my entire life written a mean comment Me on either. somebody's post i don't even know how that would even cross somebody's mind but see and i think that's a huge point to understand too is a happy healthy person who's content with themselves would never take the time to continue being a keyboard warrior online yeah. to people that they don't even know mm -hmm. i've told people the same thing i can't even fathom thinking about writing a hate comment on somebody who has no. nothing to do with my life so if you see that your video has gone viral or yeah. you're starting to get randoms that you would never even have a conversation with mm -hmm. in person commenting stuff about you mm -hmm. You have to understand that this is coming from a very insecure, unhappy, yeah. wounded individual. Even that or some freaking bot. Like you don't even know. Uh, yeah, you have people no idea. People just need to know that like don't take it personal. These people don't know who you are. Yeah. And also let's say that somebody scrolled by and saw one of your posts. Like that can't possibly paint a picture of you for them. Like, it that can't. That's accurate. They're taking 30 seconds or even maybe less of mm -hmm. what they're seeing on the internet and judging your entire life mm -hmm. of over what it was. And that's kind of where mine came from. I had a few men commenting on the video, basically telling me that I am not wife material because of what I'm doing. And I'm just thinking, okay, 
so what yeah I, <laughs> I don't I, want well, to be your in, wife anyway like what yeah and even you know what and even if like let's say i do mm-hmm. who are you to tell me that you're basically telling me that i'm not wife material to you and yeah I, you're hundred percent right. I would never, <laughs> I would never, but it was really interesting to me yeah. because the comments, that one comment started this flood yeah. of like, quote unquote, high value men who would never date a woman who would put their body out on the internet for other men. And I'm like, I'm not doing it for you. You know no, what I mean? Like yeah. there's so much more out there. And that was, I'm really glad we brought this up because it's a subject I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. And it's like fitness and sexuality and the internet mm-hmm. and how women are starting to be perceived and or women who are scared to put themselves out there because they're afraid of judgment, whether it's from mm-hmm. a man or a woman, by embracing themselves or even getting the nerve to start posting their own, let's say their fitness journey. Let's mm-hmm. even take the sexuality away from it. I know there are people, let's not even say women, there are people who are scared to put themselves out there, mm-hmm. scared to show who they really want to be because they're afraid of judgment. And like you said, you have to understand that I think this is part of it that comes Mm -hmm. with it. When you put yourself out there, you are opening yourself up to people to criticize you, but you have to set yourself up to have some thick skin and to know yourself well enough where it's not going to affect you. I think you also need to, so I said about five years ago, that's when I really, actually not even five years ago, like during lockdown, actually, that's when I really started to post because I am a photographer. I love to do content with other people. I never had an interest in being on camera very much but then I got bored you know we're in lockdown I don't know what to do so I started up doing the content with myself and at the end of the day so I was like I didn't want to post anything that was too sexy or whatever because it's, it's not really my thing but I've realized that because of the person I am because I'm not posting a picture and I'm, like, oh, I'm trying to be sexy for all the guys fuck that I don't care like I'm never gonna date a person on Instagram anyway like I have no interest in that that I'm posting for women mainly. I mean, men also because I want to help men, men or women, doesn't matter, but mainly for women. And I realized that when I posted a little bit more sexy stuff, I get even more support from women. Yeah. Because I'm I'm posting it in a way showing, fuck this shit. I don't care. This is me. I do what I want and I'm happy, you know? So I was like, wow, oh, it actually works. But it's all about like how you do that. Right. And the intention behind it, too. I was actually just in here talking to another woman about that because she asked me, she's like, how do you deal with the Internet? Because Mm -hmm. all I see when I look at your page is a powerful, you know, confident woman who's comfortable in her skin. But I know that could either make people uncomfortable or it can make them feel more welcome and it can make them feel mm-hmm. inspired to do the same. And I told her the same thing. I was like, you have to know what your intention is going mm-hmm. into it. I'm not just taking like sexy photo shoot photos and just posting them on the internet for no reason. No. There is a message behind each one of them. There's a message to embrace your femininity. There's a message mm-hmm. to embrace your power and your confidence and to feel good in your own skin. But you have to know what your intention is. behind it or you're going to get lost in the sauce of the internet and have no idea Mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing and you're going to lose yourself because there's a very like and also do it for you i said don't think like oh if i stand in this angle and do this maybe these people are going to like me no it's not about that feel good when you do this exactly does it make you happy do you feel confident do you feel like shit this is you know i'm great like that should be the goal Right. That's, you have to be happy with yourself at the end of the day. And if you get caught up in posting for other people, mm-hmm. you're losing the whole message of why you're on the internet to begin with and what you represent. And yeah. I know you and me, you know, we are posting for other women. We try and um, coach other women mm-hmm. into empowerment and confident states with their mind, body, and their internal 
soul Mm -hmm. and their internal gut health on your side. So there's a lot more that goes behind it than just posting. And I know for a fact, there are a lot of people who are not going to see that. They're like, this girl's just putting herself out there on the internet to be sexual, to be sexualized and to exploit herself. And it's like, it's funny because a lot of like men will say that we're like losing our femininity by doing that and by, you know, giving ourselves to the internet. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel, I have felt my most feminine and my most like in my essence when I've done photo shoots and when I've done photo shoots, especially around prep time, when I feel like the most powerful version of myself Mm -hmm. and we're going to do a shoot soon. We are, we absolutely are. And not on, not on shredded. Yeah, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. And that's, you know what, that's a really good topic too, because I know a lot of girls get caught up in the, I'm not going to do a photo shoot unless Mm -hmm. I'm shredded mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's a really fucked up place to get yourself because you are losing your sense of self. And I think you'd be a really good person to speak on that because not only are you in front of the camera, but you're also behind the camera. I actually prefer photographing people when they're not shredded. And as I used to be that person too and be like, you know, I don't want to be in a picture because I'm not shredded. So a few years ago, actually the first time I did a real bulk because I had never actually done a planned out bulk before. So on this bulk, I was eating about 3,500 calories a day, no cardio. And I had, I think like three cheat meals a week. This is a lot of food. You were fed. <laughs> yeah. And I felt, I, I wasn't fat. Definitely not. I was just bigger and holding a lot of water because I was eating so much food, which also increases the sodium, which makes mm-hmm. me hold water. Blah, blah. Um, so I didn't feel great, but I ended up doing a shoot, which is actually one of my most popular content I've ever used. And I reposted several times now because that shit went viral because I was like, oh, my God, Max, you look so great. You should look like this all the time. I'm like, you want to be my chef? <laughs> it's like, everybody has their struggles. My struggle is to have that weight. Right. It's not easy for me. So I said. It's not like I just look like that. That takes a lot of work. Like I had to force feed myself. (laughs) Yeah. For me to be lean is easier. So the majority of my life, I was very lean. Just being me, you know? Right. So I'm like the opposite. That's why I really like dieting because I have to can eat a normal amount of food instead of an insane amount of food. Right. And just like goes back to what you were saying, like not all bodies are made the same to yeah. obtain this, that a look, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You might need to eat more to get that look. I might need to eat less or vice yeah. versa and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, what would you, what would you tell somebody who came to you, who told you they were afraid of being themselves on social media and how to I bypass think- the fear and how to bypass the judgment? Because like you said, you know, what's going to come with it. But how do you fight that to, you know, honor yourself and do what you really want to do? I think, first of all, if you're afraid of being yourself on social media, are you also afraid of being yourself in real life? It's a good question. Because that's more important, Mm -hmm. I think. I think if you are truly yourself in your personal life, you probably can be on social media, too. So I think the problem starts not on social media, but outside of social media there. Okay. Like you have to be confident in yourself because social media isn't everything, you know. No, and like you said earlier, a lot of social media you're doing for other people, right? Mm-hmm. Even if even if it's you putting yourself out there, you're putting it out there to show others. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it does empower you. Yes, it does make you more confident. But social media is for the world to see, right? Yeah. Like, there you have to understand a little bit about that. And 
I think what you said is so important because it does start with you. If you are not okay walking around the skin that you're in right now and are uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. we got to dive a little bit deeper and find Mm -hmm. out where the root cause of that is coming from. I deal with my clients. A lot of that, I I go back to that mindset training because it starts so much deeper than where we think the problem is. Yeah. Like when you see where the problem is, it's probably three layers lower and you really have to dig in there. It's not the outside that much either because I think... If you would ask me 10 years ago, I would tell you, oh, you know what, this little, little like fat thing here, I don't like, and you, and I don't like, you know, you can point out little things you don't like about yourself. But I think if you become confident in yourself, like these little things are not going to matter. No. It's still there. And maybe I don't love it, but I was like, you know, I'm happy overall. And uh, I say, I do the same thing. Like if I coach people, yeah, I want to help them with the gut and everything. But it, it all starts here because if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. It's going to hinder you a lot. Um, do you think that competing has helped you with your body image at all? Hindered yes. it all? Or Yes. Because mm-hmm. I think like if you met me before competing, I was, in, uh, it wasn't very different, but I never thought that I was going to love being in the spotlight so much. Yeah. Because I never liked that before. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be, I still prefer to create content rather than being in content like that. But going on stage, I was born to be there. Like when I go up on stage, it's like my heart just smiles. Yeah. Like I can't, I said, people say, oh my God, you look so badass. You're like this badass bitch. No, I cannot stop smiling on stage. Yeah. I'm like the the happiest person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the stage, the stage for me has always been in my life. I've been a dancer since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I've, from the moment I knew how to be up there, I knew I belonged up there. It it feels so good. And Mm -hmm. I tell people who come to me when they want to compete, I ask them why. And sometimes it's just about the body. And I'm like, oh man, like you're already kind of going in this for the wrong reason because the Mm -hmm. body you see on stage is not what you're going to get year round. And you really have to find your why. Like, do you like being on stage? Do you like constructive criticism? Are you mm-hmm. going to be okay with the different phases of your body? There's so mm-hmm. much more that goes into competing than just getting in the best shape of your life and yeah. the leanest you've ever been. Because if that's what you're stuck on, you're going to have severe body dysmorphia mm-hmm. going through it. So there's a lot of things you oh, have to prep I've yourself for. There. I mean, I, so, yeah. I did NPC like 10 years ago and it was all like that. And the same, a lot of people I hear now too, all they care about, they can't wait for the show so it's over yeah. and they can eat. I was like, no, I, I enjoy today on my prep and tomorrow and next month and the show day. Like you have to enjoy the whole journey Process. or I don't think it's going to last. Yeah. Cause you, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Cause I, I feel like I've gone through waves of that where I had a prep where I was like that mm-hmm. every day I was enjoying it. It was actually not this last world with the, the year before mm-hmm. I had prepped myself so well in my head that I could sit and be present in it. And even on the days where it fucking sucked and it was really hard, I loved every second of it. And this last prep, I didn't prepare myself like that. And mm-hmm. I was drowning mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I was, I was unhappy. I couldn't see the end of the tunnel. I just like was really lost in, in everything, but that had, you know, a lot of my personal life had a, had a play on that. And that was something that was really significant because you have to prepare yourself to do a prep. It's not just, you know what, I'm going to do it and get in really good shape and step on stage and then just be so excited to eat again because it's, 
it will destroy you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's so much more that comes with it. But if you can like really prepare yourself, that prep can set you up for so much success and it can build you to be such an amazingly strong person, Mm -hmm. but you have to understand your why. And that I think goes back to what you were saying about understanding who you are as a person and understanding how you're showing up for life in general. Mm -hmm. I said, when I was younger, I used to be a binge eater. Like that's what I did. I would starve myself and then I would eat myself to death. And I think now that's what I said. I thought that's how you had to do things like eat so little and just like deplete yourself and then just like stuff my face. But now that I eat so much food every day that I don't like I can do a whole prep and I don't I need to do some refeeds and stuff because my body requires it. I don't I don't even feel like I need it. Like I don't I don't even want it anymore. Yeah. This has become your lifestyle. Yeah. And something that I said i'm sure that you know people that are alcoholics or whatever if you walk around and call yourself an alcoholic you are an alcoholic i called myself a binge eater i told people that i had an eating problem and i was like step number one stop calling yourself that because you're already telling yourself that's what you are yeah and that's really important too because that even if like it's not an eating disorder level if you're having that negative dialogue with yourself and you're telling yourself what you are in a negative way Mm -hmm. you're going to start believing it Like if you say, I can't do this or I'll never be able to do this or I'm absolutely, you will never be able to do that. And Mm -hmm. it takes a practice sometimes to turn off that inner dialogue. You won't even realize you're doing it half the time until like Mm -hmm. you start paying more attention. You're like, holy shit, I'm setting myself up for failure. I do for shows. I said the first, so I did the first show during COVID. So it was like a virtual show, but my first show on stage, I was, you know, prepping, prepping, prepping. And then when I was like a month out or something, you know, I, I caught myself kind of thinking, I wonder if I'm good enough. I wonder mm-hmm. if the other people are better than me. And then I started going, head. I look myself in the mirror and say it out loud. And I tell all my opposing clients to do the same thing. Look yourself in the mirror. As stupid as it sounds, like look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself freaking loud out in the air. I can fucking do this and I'm great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like talk to yourself loud in a positive way and tell yourself this shit every day. Yeah, it might be hard to do. I had a hard time with mirror work for a long time. I actually had a therapist encourage me to do this when I was going mm-hmm. through some some shit. Mm-hmm. And it had a, an amazing rollover effect onto mm-hmm. all areas of my life. And, you know, even if you are having a hard time doing that out loud, start writing it down. Like yeah, you can take, yeah, take yes. some kind of step to like put those positive affirmations back in your life about yourself because we have mm-hmm. enough things on the outside world that are telling us that we're to this, to that, not enough of this, not enough of that. Mm-hmm. Then you don't need to be doing it to yourself. That's the last fucking thing yes. you need. And you need to start talking to yourself like somebody you love or somebody mm-hmm. you're proud of. Um, it'll get you so far. So the same being positive about anything. That is another uh, one of my, uh, not injuries, but before I compete, I competed April and August last year. So the April show about, I'm going to say like eight weeks out, I fractured my foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was like, okay, coach says, Max, I don't think you could compete. I was like, I'm competing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll be fine. I didn't go to the hospital, bought a hard shoe. I fractured my foot before, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> I was like, jumped around that thing for like six weeks. And um, then it was perfectly fine. And when I was three or four weeks out three weeks out something like that i got colitis Uh, if somebody doesn't know what that is that is like a severe severe. bowel infection and i was puking like a fountain (laughs) how do you how do you get colitis is it is it genetic Um, or is it something no so you can have colitis people some people have colitis like for life uh i caught 
a bacteria. At least that's what they said in the paper it was. It, it said I had all the symptoms of colitis. Whatever that means. So I guess they said it can come from some type of food. Like I don't, I said I don't right. know exactly, but I for ten days I was puking and shitting, <laughs> like thirty five <laughs> times a day. And my, my best friend Achilles, I was like, he came picked up, picked me up from the. I had to go to the hospital because first I thought I was dying. I couldn't. You're breathe. probably getting so dehydrated so the, too. The infection was so bad that it was pushing on my lungs, so I couldn't breathe. So one day I'm home and I was like, I feel really weird. Like, it's like I can't get air. And I was like, what is going on? Like, is there some sort of allergy? Like, what is going on? And then after like a couple of hours, I was laying on the floor like this. <gasps> I was like, okay, I'm dying right now. Like this, this is death. This is it. Managed to call my neighbor and like, you know. Like, please, please and help. And he runs over, picks me up. I was, he was on a date. Oh my God. <laughs> the girl is like with him. He drove me to the hospital and like, I, the whole car ride, I can't breathe. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. I get to the hospital, they put me in a wheelchair. And the moment they drive me into the room, I was like, bathroom now like and i started throwing up like crazy um so i was there and then they sent me back home yeah yeah i was like i was i was pretty bad for like 10 days or so and like i kills facetimes me and because i felt really bad like at some point every day i was so bad that i i couldn't walk so I was laying in the bed and he calls me and he's like, how are you? I was like, I feel like shit. <laughs> and he's like, why are you laughing? I was like, just laughing on the phone. I was like, do you know what this means? I'm going to win the show. <laughs> he's oh like, God. what? I was like, yeah, you know, I broke my fracture in my foot and then I get colitis and all this shit. I'm going to win the show. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's because if I lay there in the bed feeling like shit and thinking that things are shit, it, they're gonna be even worse so i mean like there's nothing i can do but to try to just take care of myself and recover right you have to give and yourself that perspective gonna be fine. i was still alive i didn't die you know yeah so it's like and just being positive as hard as it might sound because it can be very hard sometimes just fucking try and i oh and i believe that it if a lot of shitty things happen something great is coming like i had my friend just got married now last week and she had the craziest, like you would never even believe. So like before the wedding, the venue burnt to the ground. <laughs> oh and then she went to the hairdresser and they accidentally cut off her hair. Yeah, like, like what else could like possibly happen? Shit. And I was like, and she's like, oh my God. And I, I was like, girl, this, this is going to be the most amazing wedding on the planet. Like all this shit happened to you. This means it's just going to be incredible. And she's like, you're, you're right. <laughs> like, and you know, it was a beautiful wedding. It was great. So I just think like try to see it that way because if you th bad things happen to you, no matter what it is, let's say you start a business and you fail or whatever the hell it is, don't go into the spiral of, of just bad mindset and then more and more bad things because you're going to manifest it for yourself. 100%. Like just be positive because it will get better. Yeah, especially if it's worse. Like, do you really want it to get any worse? Like, let's start talking. Let's like reframe that dialogue yeah. and talk about the positive that, that could come from this. And like you said, it's really hard when you're in the moment to think positive things sometimes when things mm -hmm. are really fucking bad. But like you said, like, why would you want to make it worse for yourself? Like, let's just <laughs> like, you have to do a lot of work with yourself. Oh, yeah. It's not tell easy. me the other day because I met some people at the wedding last week that I haven't seen in so many years. And they're like, Max, who are you? Like, who is this calm person? Because my whole life I've just been <laughs> like this, could never sit still and just like, <laughs> like this. And I was like, I don't know. And then another friend asked me, she's like, 
have you been doing therapy? And I said, no, I never had a therapy session in my entire life. I've been wanting to, but I just never knew where to go and I didn't find one. So I've pretty much been my own therapist for the past five years. And I've worked, I'm not saying I don't need a therapist. But you've been doing some work for yourself. Yeah. Like I work very hard on being a person. So I was in a pretty shitty relationship for a while and it really taught me something. Because like one day, I still remember the day I was sitting at my desk working and it was just like everything just came to me. I was like, no, like, you know what? This is not how things should be. (laughs) And then I said, we're still really good friends today. But I just like, it was like one day, it was like everything I wondered just like came to me. Yeah. You know, if you really get in touch with yourself, like you said, these things do start to come to you and you start having these like Mm -hmm. big realizations and it becomes part of like your evolution and that part of your life where you really change Mm -hmm. and therapy or not like doing the work for yourself will really elevate you in a way where you're more conscious and you're more present with yourself and you understand yourself more where you're able to make better decisions Mm -hmm. or and or understand when things in your life are no longer serving you anymore and you can let them go. So that's really cool to hear that Mm -hmm. because sometimes it literally just happens like that. I think too. So a lot of my friends are going to be very proud of me saying this right now. So I come (laughs) from a country where we're not religious. I come in sweet, like we don't believe in God, like none of this. I didn't grow. I'm not, I was never an atheist or anything, but I didn't believe in any of that. And I've heard so many stories from good friends of mine over the past years. And I've like, you know, I have a lot of questions Like I question things every day, like how do things work? Why is this here? Why do we do this? You know, so I've like really started to try because I asked somebody, you know, if this if this is the case, if there's a God, why have I never gotten a sign? And they said, because you're probably not open to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like the past few years, I've been trying to be very open. I'm not saying I have like a very clear sign, but I feel like it's helping and I'm like seeing things differently. Yeah, I think with whatever... Wherever you're at in life, whether it's religious or spiritual or any of those things, Mm -hmm. getting more in touch with source energy, Mm -hmm. with whatever that means to you, is when you start having those moments because that's Mm -hmm. when I had mine too. And I don't even go into it because I don't like to preach anything to anybody because I think you, it's you like have to find your like own you whatever it is for you yeah you know? and but I will tell you the moment that I like surrendered to understand that there was a higher power mm-hmm. was the moment things changed and I never saw things the same again and I ask a lot of questions now because I felt like I didn't have any help I felt like I had mm-hmm. no guidance I felt like I needed something to show me what to do because I was so lost and mm-hmm. so down and out that I was like I'm at the bottom of the fucking barrel and mm-hmm. the world is crushing me. And it was the second that I finally surrendered to being like, I can't do this on my own. And I swear to God, like it was that moment that things started changing and I started seeing things differently. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like I was able to allow myself to grow and instead of just being stuck in this position where I'm like, why me? Why this? Why that? It took myself out of victim mentality and realized that I have control and I also have guidance from whatever that is that you want to call it. But it really, really helps to kind of like ask for help oh, yeah. and ask for mm-hmm. guidance and and understand that there's a bigger plan out there for mm-hmm. for yourself than what you could possibly see oh, for yeah. yourself. So getting in touch with yourself, I think, will help you mm-hmm. in general understand. We should have a set. We have. We probably have friends in common. So mm-hmm. We need. 
we need to add some more people to this podcast. Soon. Yeah, yeah, I think that could be really <laughs> we can interesting. Have some, some great conversations. Yeah, soon. definitely. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to share some insight on all of that. I would love to bring you back on and talk about yes. more of that stuff because there's so much. Thank there. you for having me. I know yeah, we could course. probably talk for like five hours. I know, <laughs> but um, I will also leave Max's like, information. <laughs> no, we'll be in here for forever. Yeah. But Max is um, now in the Vegas area. So for anybody who needs any photo and video content, she's an incredible content creator, and I'll leave her. Um, all of her notes below and don't forget to follow us at the sticky pause studio and follow and listen to fearless as fuck the podcast on all of your social media platforms and as always feel free to get in touch with either of us if there are things that you want to hear us cover on the podcast so we'll see you next time 